0: Hello, podcast people. We're doing this thing, and uh, it's going to be good. Um, We're kind of on this, well, as of this sermon that I'm about to give, we're on a stretch of (laughs) VeggieTales, okay? Uh, If you don't know what VeggieTales is, it's these stupid... Um, Christian thing Christian like cartoons back in the back in the day and they were vegetables and they would tell Bible stories I don't know why this was a good idea but it worked you know because we still think about it today especially those of us who grew up in in the 90s in the th- in the in the 2000s we remember the veggie tales so good work whoever did the veggie tales but Tonight, we're going to be talking about kind of a a VeggieTales slash Sunday School story, and I want to kind of bring a different clarity to it. But first, I love when LeBron James doesn't do well. Okay? I didn't say hate, but man, do I love when he doesn't do well. (laughs) Um, What he's done to the NBA has ruined the NBA. Mr. Flop, and I can't wait till he's gone, all right? But anyways, I want to talk about faith, trust, and prayer tonight, and this this message is called Circles, and I want us to envision some of the greats of the NBA, okay? Not LeBron James, guy's a phony. Uh, I want us to envision some of the greats, like Kobe Bryant, or Allen Iverson, or Michael Jordan. Or even Kyrie Irving of today. These dudes can play circles around their opponents. They win. You know? They dribble circles around their opponents. I was watching highlights of Kyrie Irving, I don't know, probably a week ago when I was preparing this. And man, that guy is so quick with the basketball. He can go around anybody, and anybody's like, well, I'm screwed when, Ky- when I've got to defend Kyrie. It's just amazing. They can play circles around their opponents. You know, and frankly, where did this term come from? Or maybe you've heard this term like, I can run circles around you, or I can play circles around you. What does this mean? Let me tell you. It's a verb phrase meaning to be much faster or more effective than someone or something. Okay? This is a good descriptor. I, I, I used to use this when I was painting with Blake and, and Mark um, and when they were frankly painting for me, you know, because I was the boss. And uh, I would paint circles around them. And really the entire company that we all worked for, I could paint circles around anybody who worked for that company. And we all want to be excellent in all we do, right? But tonight, I want to talk about faith, trust, and prayer, and more about how faith and trust and how they should influence our prayer life. Sometimes we approach our prayer life like a little kid who got in trouble. And sometimes we approach our prayer life as if we control God. You know, we've maybe even heard people like trying to boss around angels this is weird, okay? Don't, don't be weird, okay? Neither of these kind of things are good. Approaching it as a little kid who got in trouble or approaching appro- approaching it as if we control God. So tonight, I, I, want, I want to read through this story about the wall of Jericho. And as we go through this story, I, I, I want to think of, uh, as we go through this story, I think of where the faith is where the trust is, and where the prayer is, okay? So, this will be in the Old Testament. It's in the book called Joshua, okay? And we're gonna be in chapter five to start, and then we're gonna trickle into chapter six. We've got a lot to read, so this might be pretty long. So, whatever. The cool thing is, is you don't have to bite it off all in one piece because you're listening to it over the air, okay? So, Joshua chapter five, Verse 13 through 15 is what I'm going to start with. And it says, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or against us? Verse 14. And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said, what does my Lord say to a servant? Verse 15, then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for this place where you are standing is holy ground. And Joshua did. So beginning of the story, right? We're gonna go through this story of this guy named Joshua going after a promise the Lord put in front of him. This is a weird story. And a story we can't really put logic on, you know, sometimes as, as people, as, and even as Americans, we want to put logic on everything. We want to be able to put our thumb on everything in this story. Good luck. You're not going to be able to do that. Okay. It's going to be really tough for you to put logic on what happens in this story. But when we try to put logic on the Lord, it means that it's not really the Lord, (laughs) right? Right. You know uh, it it, this is kind of not a very fun topic to talk about but i mean if we try to put our own logic and our own understanding on what the lord is doing then it's not really the lord if we can put logic on a miracle of somebody being healed from cancer that's hard to put logic on okay so in these couple verses joshua sees an angel in front of him and I want us to notice how Joshua reacts to the heavenly. Okay, Joshua falls on his face because of the honor he wanted to show and then says something amazing. Joshua says one of the most amazing things that anybody can say to the Lord and it is, what has my Lord to say to his servant? Right? Almost like, what are my orders? Or like, what do you have for me? And I will do it. Although this is not a direct prayer, think of it as one for one second with me, okay? David David says, that's hilarious. Joshua says, what do you have for me? How can I serve you? And bowed before him. And then in verse 15, he removes his sandals because he is on holy ground almost like you're in my house now why do you still have your shoes on the cool thing is is Joshua probably walked through this land many times and never felt this way but when the lord shows up on a scene he makes it his holy place when the lord shows up on the scene he makes it his house pretty cool right so think of that as prayer you know what are my orders lord And he bowed before him, he stopped in his tracks, he removed his shoes and fell to his face and said, Lord, what do you have for me? Pretty cool, I think. Okay, so now we're leaking into chapter six of Joshua. Chapter six, verses one through five is what I'm gonna read for right now. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand when with, with its king and mighty men of valor. Verse three, you shall march around the city when all the men of war going around the city, thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow their trumpets. Verse five, and when... They make a long blast with the ram horn. When you shall hear that sound of the trumpet, then all the people shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Okay? So, this is still all the angel talking, right? And... Some, some um, scholars, some, some people who are much smarter than I am, say this, this was actually a, a physical representation of the Lord coming to earth. So this was the Lord talking. And angels can't really talk without the Lord talking first, okay? So verse 2 fascinates me. See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and its warriors. So this is interesting to me because nothing has happened to this point, right? All that has happened is Joshua being uh, falling to his face in worship and having to remove his sandals because he's seen an angel. That's all that's happening. And and this and this angel is saying, "See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and its warriors." So nothing's happened. Jericho was still there and and nasty. And the angel says, "Look, I've already given it to you." Joshua must have been kind of confused, don't you think? You know, I'd be kind of confused if, like, hey, you just won a million dollars, and I'm like, but they haven't even dropped the Powerball numbers yet. How, how, how do you even know? You know, it's that same kind of thing. It's that, it's the same kind of victory, the same kind of winning. You know, S- silly terms, but whatever. You understand my point? Is like, it was almost like this angel was prophesying over Joshua, saying, "Hey, you're going to win this if you're obedient." But if you're not obedient, then you're going to lose and you're going to look like a silly guy. Sometimes, sometimes we need to pray God for the victory even when it hasn't happened yet. If the Lord promised it to Joshua, then nothing can stop him from gaining that promise. And this is big faith, right? Usually we're taught to pray for things that we need help or pray for things the Lord has called us to and we'll talk about this more in a little bit, but Joshua got his orders. March around the city for six days, once a day. Get seven priests with seven trumpets to join you. Then on day seven, march around the city seven times. And the priests will blow their trumpets. And when you hear the trumpets, you're gonna scream at the top of your lungs. Weirdest battle tactic ever. It almost sounds like a disaster plan to me. Like hey, we're going to march around this city every single day for six days and then we're going to yell at the at the last time we do it. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But Joshua trusted the Lord, so we're going to keep on reading. Verse 6 through 10. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the Ark of the Lord. And... He said to the people, go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Lord, the ark of the Lord. Verse 8, and just as Joshua had commanded these people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark and the covenant of the Lord following them. And the armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually but verse 10 but joshua commanded the people you shall not shout or make your voice heard neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day i tell you to shout then you shall shout so first question i got for you is what is the ark of the covenant okay if you were actually in front of me you would be able to answer but the Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of the Lord resided in the Old Testament. And they had to keep it veiled because it was so powerful that it would knock people on their face, and slash kill them, okay? So why did they take the Ark and walk around with it? This doesn't make sense to us as New Testament Christians, correct? It doesn't make sense to us that, oh, the uh, some God that they can only have, that he can only be in one spot, right? But now, New Testament Christians, that that's out the window because He's everywhere. You see, when all this happened, the Holy Spirit was not fully available to everybody. And I use I use that word available because ah, this is such a hard thing to communicate without sounding like I'm a, I'm a crazy person. Um, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't completely available to everybody like he is today. Because when that when the veil was torn when Jesus died on the cross, that meant that the Lord is active everywhere and that his servants are active everywhere. Right up in the Old Testament, that was not true, okay? So I wanna point out a verse, verse 10 when Joshua told the people to shut up, okay? Two points I wanna make with this is sometimes we resort to praise When the time isn't right. And sometimes we just need to pray. So this is kind of hard, right? It's like, okay, um, so do I just kind of flip a coin and and figure out which one's which? Because Lex, earlier you said that the battle was already won, so shouldn't they already be praising? (laughs) Shouldn't they already be shouting at the top of their lungs in excitement because of the victory? Yeah. Yeah, they should. But sometimes... We resort to praise when the time isn't right. Sometimes we're praising too early. Sometimes we're getting our hopes up too fast. And sometimes we just need to pray. So let's keep going. Verse 11 through 14 reads, so he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and spent all the night in the camp. Verse 12, then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark of the Lord walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men were walking before them. And the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. Verse 14. And the second day they marched around the city and returned into the camp, so they did for six days. So they marched, slept, marched, slept, marched, slept for six days. Yes? Verse 15. On the seventh day they rose early at the dawn of the day and marched around the city in the same manner 7 times. It was only on that day they marched around the city 7 times. And at the 7th time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, "Shout, for the Lord has given you the city." And the city and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. <laughs> Interesting. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and who who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. Verse 18. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest, when you have devoted them, take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20. So the people shouted and trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpets, the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So that the people went into the city, every man straight before him and they captured the city. Such a weird story, right? This doesn't make any sense to us, but it's true. You know, this actually happened. I wouldn't actually be wasting my time telling you a story that didn't actually happen what i want us to apply to our lives is when the lord tells you to do something do it exactly the way he wants you to do it when the presence of the lord is with you nothing can get in your way and the coolest part is is your voice has power when it's backed by the word of the lord so this message is called circles joshua and crew walked in circles waiting for the breakthrough that the lord promised And what i mean by breakthrough is the lord actually breaking through in this sense the lord broke down walls in your sense it could be the lord breaking down some walls of fear in your life and or struggle in your life or circumstance in your life so big thing is is what is your breakthrough let's identify what your breakthrough is right now or what is your promise what has the lord promised you the cool thing about this story is that it's almost both of those the lord broke through and joshua gained the promise that the lord put in front of him in this story the promised land was jericho the lord promised that land and tada so maybe your breakthrough involves your family friends enemies enemies or something like that or maybe maybe your promise is something like healing fullness joy peace or whatever but one thing I want to note is when the Lord speaks something, it doesn't return void. When we pray something, it doesn't return void. Praying in circles is something that I want us to try this week, this next week. And I don't literally mean for 6 days I want you to walk around your sir, your friend Linda and pray over her like you're a, like you're a red shell on Mario Kart, right? I'm not asking you to do that, okay? Uh, unless the Lord tells you to but that that would be weird but i'm I'm saying hey draw a circle on your piece of paper and then fill in that circle with as many things as you can and for for this entire week just visit every single one of those in your quiet time in your prayer time and see what the Lord does what's your Jericho faith and trust are easily mistaken right trust is saying okay faith is actually going and doing it the cool thing in this story it shows us kind of the journey of joshua joshua first had to trust in the lord to obey such a weird word from him such a weird command from him and then tell the people to get on board (laughs) you know can you imagine can you imagine being part of those people and saying hey uh, this is what we're going to do for the next seven days. Uh, Buy in. You know? I would say, heck no. And I'd laugh at the guy. Second, Joshua had to have faith. He got people and started circling a 25, uh, sorry, a 20 foot high wall by 25 feet thick for six days. And then he convinced them to shout. On the seventh day, because something was going to happen. The interesting part about this entire reading and this entire story is that it doesn't say that Joshua told um, told them what was actually going to happen. You know, the people had no idea what was going to happen. Only Joshua knew that the walls were going to fall. And who knows what that even means? You know, did did Joshua actually think that the walls were actually going to collapse, or did? he just think that the the power and the and the and the kingdom of of Jericho was going to fall the angel just said do it we need to be like Joshua in this story right when the lord speaks something we do it even if it sounds insane trust and faith have a lot of influence on our prayer life we have to trust in the lord we have to trust the Lord is going to pull through and have faith to actually do it and actually pray to it. When we pray, we have to be persistent and annoying to the Lord. We have to show that we actually care. Think of it this way. What if Joshua just went and shouted on the seventh day? Or if he just marched and prayed over it for one day? Do you think the breakthrough would have still happened? I love what ifs in the Bible. You know... Joshua could have easily said, well, I just want the microwave. I just want the breakthrough. So on the seventh day, I'm just going to walk around once and then I'm going to shout. And then we're going to blow trumpets and we're going to shout. Pretty interesting, right? Sometimes that's the way our prayer lives look. We're just like, okay, well, we're just going to try um, one time and we're going to hope that something happens. Instead of what we were to dedicate a week, a month, a year until it actually happened and being annoying. You know, I was joking when I was giving this in, in person, giving this message in person was like, the thing I want written on my tombstone is Lex was a guy who annoyed the Lord with his prayers. You know, I want to be that guy and I want to challenge you tonight to be that person too. I want to challenge you tonight to find a place in your house free of distraction and pray circles around the promises and breakthroughs that you need. And if the Lord leads you to something, you've got to run after it. Joshua took a risk. We also have to take a risk. You know, all things are possible in the Lord, right? We've heard that. Let's believe it tonight, right? All things are possible. I mean, the Lord can heal cancer. The Lord can make make legs grow. <laughs> the Lord can do whatever he wants. But when we start trying to put logic around these things, then it's just going to choke it out. So we just need to trust the Lord like a little kid trusts a dad. Like a little kid trusts a mom, you know? We need to trust the Lord that much and we need to pray circles around these things in our lives. We need to dribble like Kyrie Irving around these things in our lives and then watch what happens after that, you know? I think that's the easiest way to put it. Watch highlights of Kyrie Irving dribbling circles around these guys and then making a three. Or making a, just an incredible layup afterwards and just whatever it is. Or look at Kobe Bryant doing his, his trademark fadeaway over some dude because he broke his ankles, you know? All of these kinds of people. All of these kinds of players, we have to be that same way when we approach our prayer life. Is dribbling circles around the enemy, dribbling circles circles around the, our opponent, dri- dribbling circles around our circumstances, around our promises, around our breakthroughs, and watching the Lord actually pull through. Cause he will. You know. He actually will. So this message is called Circles. Just because I want you to find a spot in your house, in your closet, whatever it is. Draw a circle on a piece of paper and visit the things that you fill that circle with for an entire week. Just try it. Watch how addictive it gets. Watch how awesome it gets. And watch, I mean, the coolest part's going to be when you actually get to scratch one of those things off of the list because it actually happened. Because it actually pulled through because the Lord actually did it. And then you're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Pretty cool, yeah? Cool, well if you need anything, reach out to us on social media. Um, Cool things coming for The Home, we're excited. Um, I know I say this all the time, but I'm so excited what the Lord's doing in the city of Aurora through this ministry called The Home. Check our website, www.thehomelifelyfe.org and follow us on social media slash thehomelifelyfe on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And come join us on a Saturday. You know? Meet every single Saturday. And that's all on the website. It's all on our social media. Um, Come check us out. 530 prayer starts. 6 o'clock the door's technically open and then 6.30 we'll actually start our service. So come check us out. Um, yeah, know that you're loved um, not only by me, but by the Lord. Yes, and, and just pray and pray and pray and watch our culture be renovated one prayer at a time. Thanks for listening. I'm going to record the next one right now.